Yeah, our, our defense was kind of spotty tonight. You know, it's almost like we hoped they missed tonight instead of making them miss. So we'll go back to the film, look and see what we can do better and, and be ready for game three. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL right here on Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday as we get set for three more games in the NBA playoffs. The voice there of Chris Paul after the Suns lose last night uh, by 11 points to the New Orleans Pelicans. That series tied at one. Let's talk some NBA postseason here. Jason Logan, Covers.com, joining us right now on the Roman Guest line, Jason. Um, let's start with uh, that series. Just your, your thoughts on on the Pelicans and the Suns. Uh, that series now with Booker out. Any worry in your mind that the Suns are going to be in some trouble here, or would you still be on the Phoenix side of this? Obviously, that the Booker injury. Um, you know, we'll still find out how long and if he's going to miss any time. Yeah, I mean, any other team you take away that top superstar and the panic button gets smashed. But Phoenix has proven that this is a team that's deep and they can rally around those losses and play without those big guys. They played without Chris Paul. They played without Devin Booker before. So this is not uh, this is not uncharted waters for them by any means. Um, right now, we're you know we're kind of seeing that spread level around a pick 'em. Um, you know, uh, the Pelicans have played kind of punched above their weight on offense. I will say during the play and, and, and especially last night as well too, shooting the ball extremely well from the field. They're not necessarily a very good shooting team, but they're a good team aggressive inside. They like to get inside and get to the foul line and score those points with the, sh- with the clock stop. Um, but uh, I, I still think, like I said, punching above their weight a little bit here. I think things will kind of come back to earth. Uh, New Orleans was kind of in that uh, kind of that postseason crunch there because they, they had the two play-in games, so you're automatically in that kind of mentality. Um, they felt the pinch of that schedule, having to travel back-to-back games in such a short time, play three and five days in game one, but still showed a lot of fight. And I did I, I did take, I actually took them uh, to cover last night. I didn't expect them to win and expected a better offensive output from them because they, they got a day off, but they didn't have to shoehorn travel in between there. Uh, and they came out and looked good. But like I said, I think they're playing a little beyond – their capabilities right now, perhaps the move to New Orleans, even though they're getting the move at home, maybe that cools them down a little bit here. But Phoenix, Phoenix is a team where, like I said, they can they can withstand and absorb that loss of Devin Booker. They've played without him before. Jason, now that we're heading into uh, Game Two and even one series with Sixers Raptors, Game Number Three tonight, um, you were tweeting about some of these NBA playoff trends in series that have been tried and true over the years. Uh, over the last couple of days, I saw you uh, addressing some of that. Uh, can you share that with the audience? Some angles that you like to take a look at. Sure. Well, I, I think you're I think you're pointing out to the the infamous O2 trend, which is where we see the Toronto Raptors here coming home down O2, and this is a trend that was like a blind bet for many years. It was hitting at like 88 percent up until about 2017. Um, wow. And then books kind of got wise to it. And the narrative is, is that you bet on the team down 0-2 playing at home in game three on the first half spread. And it, I mean, it, it, it's an easy story to tell. They come home, they're in desperation mode. They have the home crowd behind them. They want to put on a big show, at least in the first half. So they come up with a lot of energy. And perhaps that team that is down, that is up 0-2 is a little bit passive and, and fat and happy. Uh, and this trend has been was fantastic, like I said, for a very, very long time. It's still, since 2007, hitting at a 63% clip, 
44 and nine against those first half spreads when playing that home team down uh, down 02 in game three. However, books are got so wise to this now that they're padding the spread to almost ridiculous points. And we're seeing that with the numbers here for Toronto and for even for Denver uh, tomorrow against Golden State. And where Toronto is like a two-point home underdog, you would say, well, that first half spread should be like a plus one or a plus one and a half. No, we're seeing it as high as Raptors minus one. Um, and, and like I said, books have gotten wise to the spread since 2018, and we're omitting the 2020 season because they played in the bubble and there was no travel. Uh, but this, this trend has gone 11, 12, and two the first half spread so books definitely got wise to it padded against it now it's not nearly as profitable as what it used to be jason i woke up this morning thinking kd's not gonna have as bad of a game as he did or maybe the celtics are just too physical could you see him bouncing back going off maybe you know dropping a ton of points or do you think it'll be somewhere in the middle you know if you wanted to look at some kd props what would you look at um, for me, I mean, this, this isn't a KD question. This is a Steve Nash, que- Steve Nash question. What's Steve Nash going to do to free up space and get KD some open looks and, and kind of give him some breathing room? Because what Boston's doing is just smothering him the second he gets over half. And they're, they're you know, active with the switches. They're playing the help side defense way over as well, too. Um, and just, just taking away that isolation set. And what Steve Nash has to do is find different ways to get KD involved and get different ways to get him the basketball. So they're going to have to run uh, a lot more quicker ball movement. They're going to have to run him off some screens. Um, I don't know if he goes for a, a big, big game. I was looking more at Kyrie Irving as being the main facilitator here. I don't see Kyrie dropping 39 on Boston, but I think he's going to hurt the Celtics in different ways. And I think Kyrie is going to be kind of the key to this game for Brooklyn, especially if he can get inside. And that's something that they didn't do well in that first game is, you take Robert Williams out of the equation and you have this open lane and and Brooklyn Nets did not score a whole lot of points in the paint, uh, weren't very aggressive. I see Kyrie kind of being that facilitator tonight. So I I like, uh, I I like his over props on five and a half assists. Uh, I haven't jumped into the KD markets. I want to see what Steve Nash cooks up, but also how Boston is going to treat him again tonight. I expect they're going to throw something similar at him. Um, But Kevin Durant also said too, like some of this is on him. He was rushed. They pick you up over half. They play high-pressure defense, and that forces you to hurry up. And he made some bad mistakes early on. He forced some shots early on. I think we're going to see a little more patient offense from Kevin Durant. We're going to have to see an offense that's a lot more patient if they want to run that off-the-ball movement uh, and let those plays develop and let those spots form. Um, so I like the under in this one as, as well, too, just because I, I think we're going to see the pace of this series drop considerably. And, uh, and you know, even though Brooklyn was, it was such a such a weird output for them, they played so well in that fourth quarter. Uh, I think their their pace is going to slow down as well too. And I think it's going to be a little more of a grinder, um, longer possessions for both teams. Jason, um, how would you play the Utah Dallas series right now? It's interesting, you know, that the Luca situation clouded Game One. It became pretty clear it was it was going to be him out. Then the you know, Mavericks bounced back behind Brunson. It was amazing game two. Series price right now, you can find Jazz minus 225, Mavericks plus 188. Obviously, you can jump into series total games, a series spread. Uh, and the Luka, you know, question is still out there uh, in terms of how will he play uh, and when will he play. Optimism maybe for game three or game four. If you were to play the Utah and Dallas series with still questions, but maybe some optimism about Luka, how would you do it? Well, if you like Dallas, you've got to get there now because – 
the market is often ahead of the, the any announcement or news or anything like that. And so far, we've seen the spread for game three go from Dallas plus seven and a half to six. Uh, the totals ticked up from 208 and a half to 210. Um, and so, like you said, optimistic to play. He's got that supporting cast around him. They've been a, a, a pretty solid team offensively um, since the trade deadline, since moving out of Porzingis. That offense has been well. Uh, the transformative on defense compared to last year. Um, so I think if you like Dallas, you've got to get them now because once that news is announced that he's ready to go for game three, uh, this spread is going to continue to tick down even more. So if you're looking for kind of the better of the number, you definitely want to get that. Uh, same thing with the series price. If you like Dallas, I would get it now before any official announcement. Putting your faith in those market moves, that, that, that early action knows a little something or is confident that Luka's going to come back and be playoff Luka. Speaking of injuries impacting series and not knowing what to do with it, uh, after the Pelicans pull off the big upset last night, three plus 350 on the money line, we still sit here and wait for a series price on Suns-Pelicans uh, with this Booker injury. He, he was awesome, 31 in the first half. He was going to lead the way. Then he goes down. Ingram, phenomenal game, just an assist shy of a triple-double. Pelicans pull off the upset, but... But what do we do here? There, there's no series price. Uh, is there any way to attack it? Because they are leaving the futures price up. Um, like I said, if, if, it, if, it's, if it goes up, like I have faith in Phoenix playing without Booker. I don't think they need to rush Booker back. I don't think they need to push the panic button here. New Orleans was a team that just, you know, like we've seen in, say, the NCAA tournament, you get those teams that get that, that first four win, and then they parlay that into a, a round of 64 win, and all of a sudden you, you find, they find their way to the round of 32 or the Sweet 16, just getting and playing good basketball at the right amount of time. But I think over the course of this series, when you're playing a team as good on both sides of the ball like the Phoenix Suns, with Booker or not, uh, there's guys mm -hmm. that can step up. Um, you know, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not worried. I think we, we saw, we've seen the best of New Orleans already in this series. And even with Booker out, I, I have confidence that the Suns can, will win this out over time, right? Seven games. As long as as long as they don't get Scott Foster again, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Foster, of course, of course. Yeah, we are actually looking at it. If you're looking for another referee uh, matchup as well, too, Mark Davis is officiating the Raptors game tonight. He's a guy that likes to put his whistle in his pocket. And the Raptors, obviously undersized, but they're a scrappy team, a physical team. That's really the only way that they're going to combat Joel Embiid. So we're, we're and I'm, I'm in Canada, so we, we're kind of leaning a little Raptors here. Uh, knowing that Mark Davis is going to be one of the officials for that Raptors game tonight. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. No, G's taking notes. He's going to use yep. that tonight. <laughs> this is a Raptors spot tonight. My That's antenna just went up. I'm excited. Any props that you like um, for any of the games? Anything else you're looking at? I know we talked about KD, Kyrie. Yeah, I like the, Like I said, I like the Kyrie over five and a half assists. Uh, I took war. If we if, if if we can jump to the Warriors game and then uh, for Denver there tomorrow night, what am I missing? What am I missing in this series where the spread comes out at two and a half and goes to one and a half? Like, am I missing something? I jumped on uh, and it discounted uh, a bit there as well too. Like I said, it went from two and a half to one and a half. Am I missing something? Like I know jokes really really good and they're going back home to Denver, but like I I see no other reason other than Jokic is good and they're playing in Denver that I should bet on Denver. Like, am I, am I missing something here? Um, so I grabbed Warriors. Uh, their, their money line was down around minus 120, minus 118. Um, 
Like the spread's minus one and a half. Maybe if I'm missing something, I want to play it safe with the money line. But I just, I just don't get it with this, with this line for game three. Jason, uh, we brought up earlier in the show, it's, it's a remarkable uh, statistic, that the Hawks have not covered a game that they've lost this season. When they lose, they do not cover the number. Uh, we go look forward to game three here. I believe they are two, two-and-a-half-point underdogs to Miami. What do you make when you when you see a trend like that? Like, that's not a blip here. We're, we're talking about, 20, you know, lots and lots of games. They've lost 41 games now during the, the entirety of the season, including the postseason. Is that something that stands out? Is that a weird anomaly to you? Do you kind of factor that in when you think about – the rest of the series and uh, and however however long Atlanta lasts here. No, it's not. And I, I I'll tell you something. Like I'm not a massive trends are great to kind of spark up the conversation and those trends with like a narrative are good too. So I mean, if you can go and look at you know what's the story behind those trends, and if it's just something that just happens to be showing up, then it's you know there's not a whole lot of meat on the bone. Um, as I mentioned, like that O2 trend, you know, there's a good narrative around there and it makes sense as to why those O2 teams would perform well in the first half. But as far as this Hawks one goes, I, you know, I'd, I'd have to take a good look at what their spreads were in that span. Like, you know, they're a team that is good enough and bad enough to not win and not cover. So, I mean, maybe bet accordingly if you're taking them to, to win as an underdog and like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I'll, uh, or take it, betting them as an underdog, maybe you take them to win the game outright. But, um, and you always have to be careful of trends in the postseason as well, too, because the coaches adjust so much from game to game. It's not like the regular season where they might let some things ride for three or four games. Lineups and strategies and adjustments, and these teams play each other so often that things change so much from game to game. So those kind of consistent trends that you see pop up in the regular season, they don't hold the same weight, and they don't hold as much water here in the, in the, reg- or, sorry, in the uh, playoffs. Any interest in uh, in Bulls Bucks tonight? The the last of the three matchups that we're getting, or some of the uh, some of the games that that are in line tomorrow that we've not hit on. Um, I I, I don't have a bet on this game. Uh, I was leaning Milwaukee just because of I got a bit of a scare the other night. They came out guns a blazing, jumped out, looked dominant, and then they kind of went to sleep for the second and the third quarter and didn't didn't really wake up towards the end. Uh, also allowed Chicago, I found, to get a lot of layups, a lot of points in the paint as well, too. Um, and, uh, and and Chicago was throwing a smaller lineup at them as well and beating them down the floor. So I, I think we'll see a bigger adjustment from Milwaukee tonight. Uh, I like their defense. Maybe the under might be the way to go there if they can stop those uh, stop those easy buckets in the paint. But uh, I think Milwaukee's going to gonna put in a, a better 20 or 48 minutes of basketball here than they did the other night. Jason, we always appreciate hopping on, and uh, and we'll be following along. Covers.com, Jason Logan on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for EDL from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first one. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. How about that note on the Sixers tonight? No whistles <laughs> just, for Harden? What, what's the what's the over-under on um, minutes before Joe G starts tweeting about Mark Davis? That's what I'm wondering. Oh, five minutes in when Joel's <laughs> getting hacked and he's not getting. I mean, that's just, that's the Sixers' best offense is oh, Harden and beat at the line. This is you throw Doc into the mix, going back home, down 0-2, no thigh bowl. Yeah, Davis. Aren't a lot of things uh, lining up for Toronto tonight? Yeah, they are. It was like a Raptor spot to get this series to two one. Joe O, Joe G, and Hawksworth. NFL win totals. Our favorite early pre-draft plays. That's next. I'll back you all daily. 
These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.